0: This is Susanna McMonagall, and you're listening to Season 2 of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast for Parents. The 5 to 8 Shift podcasting community exists to educate, inspire, and encourage parents throughout their own parenthood and family life adventure. Here, we talk about all the things impacting parents today, everything from health to big emotions, toddlers to teenagers, faith, self-care, stress, and so much more. We know parenting is tough work, but family life is worth every ounce of effort. We're building a community of parents to remind you that you're not alone. Family is one of life's greatest adventures. I look forward to cheering you on in your own 5 to 8 shift. It's the most important shift of the day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 5 to 8 shift. I hope you're having a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening, wherever this episode finds you. I have a great interview on tap today. So today my interview is with Amber Leah and she is so great. She just like has this energy that she brings to the conversation and she's got great tips and she just wrote a book called Food Triggers. And so she and I have this really interesting conversation on what really triggers us to make unhealthy eating choices. And you know, the thing is, it's different for each person and I think that's where some of us maybe get confused or off track or don't really understand like, what triggers our bestie over here it might be like 0% trigger for us, but we might have a trigger that's like really different and needs handled differently. And so, what I love about her book and our conversation is we talk about the triggers in external triggers and internal triggers, everything from like a holiday party to like sabotage and self talk. And it's just a great conversation and I know we're all trying to make some great health choices for our families. We talk about getting our kids involved and like, you know, just being a role model and it's really, you know, if you're looking to either make some changes or create some some habits that are consistent in your family, I know you're going to love Amber. She just I mean, I even said in the in the conversation I was like, "Amber, you're bringing me to church right now." I mean, she just looks at this holistically, spiritually, bringing our faith into making great health choices and Um, you know, our family and all of these wonderful things. And so I love this conversation. Y'all are going to love it too. So I'm going to leave you with this. So I hope you're having a great February or March or whatever month you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for being here. As always, if you want to help this podcast, I would love your review on Apple. You can let me know what you like best about this podcast and share with your friends in real life and on your social. All right. Y'all have a great day. everybody. Welcome to another episode of the 5 to 8 Shift Podcast. I'm here with Amber Leah, and I'm so excited to have her on the show today. So, Amber, I'm going to have you start with a little introduction of yourself. And when you introduce yourself, I want you to share something you want more of in 2022 and something you want less of in 2022 when you give us your introduction.
1: Okay. So, yes, I'm Amber Leah. I live in Southern California, born and raised, my husband as well. And our kids are fifth generation here in Los Angeles area, which is really unusual for Californians because we tend to be a state where people kind of come and go a lot. Um but we love it here we're beach people and we are anticipating a move um out of state at some point here in the near future but okay. for now we're we're beach bums still at the moment <laughs> which we love and we have four boys so they range from age 14, 12, 10 and 5 and we affectionately call our house a testosterone home <laughs> and um, it's totally what it is. It's it's very noisy, very vibrant, lots of competition, uh, but it's good. And I do have a female Black Labrador, so she keeps me company. She's she's the other girl that
0: <laughs> keeps okay. me Okay, I like me that. Sane.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as something I would love more of in 2022, I think, honestly, just connection with people. I yeah. still feel like I'm missing that. There hasn't been enough Same. just connection being together i've been in a busy season of writing books and homeschooling my boys Mm. and i need to be more intentional about just fostering opportunities for me to have friendship and really grow just again those in-person connections with people that's something i'm looking forward to more of and you know something that i could do less with (laughs) um is i think honestly, it relates to our topic today a little bit, but just the 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 scripts in my head that are confusing or lies from the enemy. You know, I still mm. battle that on a regular basis, just taking my thoughts captive and filtering who I'm going to listen to and really being intentional about not allowing um, messages that are not um, from God to um, mess with my head and my emotions. I want to, I want less of that chatter in my mindset.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. What a great segue. And you know what? I'm going to second both of those more connection and, um, you know, a little less lies from the enemy really taking over our mind space when we re- we need that precious mind space, right. For all the yes. other things that we have happening in our lives. So you have a brand new book coming out, um, called food triggers, and I'm so excited to talk about it today. And so I wondered if you might start by just defining food triggers for us. So if somebody is looking at this book and you have a great cover and you know, people are just going to be listening to this. So they're, they're not going to be able to see it, but can you define that for us?
1: Yes. So food triggers are anything that would be an obstacle that might trip you up or prevent you from having healthy mind, body, spirit.
0: Okay.
1: So especially when it comes to your health journey, you know, what are those everyday things that we either may be aware of or not even aware of that are obstacles? You know, for many of us, it's emotional eating or stress. For some of us, it's having a busy schedule and everybody else and everything else comes first and there's no self-care involved for us to prioritize our health. It could be having even a difficult Marriage, you know, that we turn to food um, as a comfort. It could be that you travel a lot and that hinders you from having consistency and being able to stay healthy. So, just all the many different things that really could be seen as obstacles that we can actually start to shift and look at as opportunities.
0: Okay. All right. So, tell us a little bit more about um, the opportunity piece of it. Like, give us an example of that.
1: Okay. So, for example you know when i when i first started in this space of looking at triggers because i started out addressing parenting triggers that's right yeah things that are are really what set us off toward anger and frustration in our parenting. And God took me on a journey of really learning to exchange those angry reactions for more gentle biblical responses. And what I had to do is stop looking at my triggers or my kids or my husband or these food triggers as obstacles. They really were opportunities for me to grow. Hmm. So if I really believe that my life here is to really learn to be refined to be more like christ to grow and to have an impact on the world for good yeah then that's going to require that i grow that's going to require some you know healthy tension at times in my life and so if i can look at these triggers really as opportunities and say okay this is really actually an area for me to grow in patience when my kids are, you know, asking me same question over and over and over because (laughs) in their natural stage of development, that's a good thing. But I'm so busy that I'm looking at that as an annoyance instead of an opportunity for me to, hey Amber, slow down and grow in patience and compassion to your child. Now that's an opportunity, not a reason for me to get angry and upset. So in the same way on on our health journey, you know, we can look at these different obstacles and say, no, this is an opportunity for me maybe to think outside the box a little bit, Yeah. maybe to recognize that this is a place where I get to grow in self-control. And then when we start to think differently in our mindset that triggers our opportunities, really, I think the world opens up to us and we really solidify our relationship with the Lord in a, in a much stronger way, because now things aren't happening to me. They're and. happening for, for me, you know, and it's a big difference when things are happening for you instead of to you.
0: You're so right. And I, I said offline before we started recording. But one of the things I like about your message in your book is that you're bringing a lot of that. Like you just said, mindset and um, the we know mental health is such. A challenge. And, you know, we're, you're talking about some food triggers and then your book goes into internal and external. I love the way you break it down, but talk to us a little bit about like, 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 how did you put together the mental side and the physical side in a way that like has lasting change for people who are really sort of committed to like making better choices?
1: So it can feel overwhelming when you look at your health journey and you're like, ah, I don't even know how to yeah. do that. Like, I know I've got some wrong thinking. I know I've got some patterns of behavior that are not working for me. But what do I do? Yeah. Where do I begin? And I exactly. always want to, en- yeah, I always want to encourage people to to take it one step at a time one trigger at a time, you know, you may look at your food triggers and go, okay, I, there's like seven or eight things here that I struggle with. And that can feel defeating before you even start to try to get healthy. And so really just going back to basics and saying, you know, I take a minute to really think through the time of day, even that you tend to have issues. Like for me, When I decided I needed to make some changes three years ago, February, actually, I had recently celebrated my fourth son's birthday, and um, it was his second birthday. And I realized that I was in a really unhealthy place. I had been a very fit mom and adult most of my life. (laughs) I had struggled as a teen, but then I kind of dialed it in. And then I just really stopped taking care of myself for a number of reasons, but I had a pattern of emotional eating and as a reward at the end of the day. So I would put my kids to bed and I, my habit, my pattern was to sit on the couch and just like reward myself with a nice big bowl of ice cream. And that became an unhealthy pattern for years. And I found myself after my son's second birthday, realizing that wasn't just baby weight anymore. And I was the most I'd ever weighed in my life. And that was a problem. But, but mainly because I was experiencing now some health issues that I was alarmed about. And I looked at this little boy, you know, and his three older brothers. And I thought what's going to be the trajectory of my life if I don't make a change? Because if I don't change, nothing's going to change. And so I found a simple plan that yeah. was the the piece I needed for me practically. But then I wanted to get to really the root of this issue so that it would be a lasting change long term. Right. Because I knew it wasn't just going to be about food. You know, right. focusing on food gets us into trouble. Focusing on food is not going to get us out of trouble. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be the mindset piece. So really just... I I examined and knew that my biggest issue was that nighttime habit of just the ice cream. So I started okay. there. I just started there and I said, I know the sugar is not serving me. I know that. I know this pattern's not great. And so practically speaking, I ditched the ice cream out of the freezer eventually, so it wasn't even a temptation. Temptation's everywhere. We don't we don't need to make it harder on ourselves. That's true. So <laughs> just getting rid of it is a good, you know, reaction. Cause then when we are feeling weak. Right we are we're not so drawn to that thing that's going to be a problem for us, but I also brushed my teeth after dinner, put a little sign on my freezer, like kitchen's closed, you know, just a reminder because the habit was still there that's you know, right to go, to go walk over to the freezer that's right, and then just even replacing that with something else that's a healthier option, yeah um is a is a good thing to do. So just taking it one at a time, looking at what's your pattern mm-hmm. that you feels the most problematic. And then think about it very, very practically and logistically. But then taking it a step further and recognizing that for me spiritually, I was just feeling drained. I wasn't being filled up by the Lord and how yeah. he was going to satisfy me. So even then taking that time as I'm standing in front of the freezer to be like, Lord, I know that you're not in there <laughs> in the freezer. I mean, <laughs> yes. I know you're everywhere, but you're not yes. really in there. Oh and, my gosh. and taking the time to just say, God, you know fill me up, you know, completely allow me to recognize that reward is not temporal. There's a bigger reward by my obedience of stewarding my body right now that I'm after. And so just allowing that focus to shift was really critical for me.
0: So let me go back to something you said that was interesting. So you said, you know, you have your fourth son, you're on the couch, you're having this ice cream. Was it a did it, did it hit you like a ton of bricks? Were you like one day, like I got, this is enough. Or was it like, you know, you should do something, but you didn't have the willpower to do it. And that goes on for weeks and weeks. And then suddenly, you know, there's some sort of tip of the iceberg.
1: In all honesty, it was the tipping point for me. So I'd been agonizing for a while and I bet there are others. Yeah. That's a good word yeah who who are in that same place just that mental agony and beating ourselves up like the cycle oh today i'm gonna do better nope didn't do better dang it you know and just that constant like chatter in our heads so that had been going on for a while what was the tipping point for me Literally, I had to buy a bigger size pair of jeans. Okay, it, it, I was at a place of discomfort. My clothes were not fitting anymore. I had been squeezing into them for a while and I had a choice. I was like, either I'm going to start investing in a healthy program and healthier food or I'm going to invest in a bigger wardrobe. And I yeah. just was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not yep. I'm not running out to Target tomorrow to buy bigger jeans. I start now. And I I did have a friend in my life that I had been watching get healthy over the course of a year. And I finally reached out to her, inquired what she was doing. She told me, I decided that was the plan I was going to choose. It doesn't matter what you choose, find something that works for you. But I needed to put a plan in place. I needed to have some structure. Yeah. But it was that, it was that moment of, Amber, you're either going to buy bigger jeans or you're yeah. going to make some changes. And yeah. that's what I needed to
0: do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, a bit of a come to Jesus moment, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um. Okay. So you, you were able to sort of like identify this trigger and make some changes. What if other people have different kinds of triggers? What advice can you give on like identifying the trigger?
1: So I would definitely be mindful that everybody's journey is different. Yes. Right? Every everybody's journey is different. Everybody's ability to lose weight at a different pace will vary. Um, yeah. you know, I I have lost 85 pounds, but I lost 60 pounds my first five and a half months. I maintained that for a year and then I lost the additional weight a year later. And I've okay. kept that off now for quite a long time, but my journey will look different from yours. So really be careful not to compare yourself Yes. as you're looking at what do you need to do? And I think we all know, Susanna, we, we know where our triggers are often you know a lot a lot mm-hmm. of the, the ones that are obvious is where you should start yeah if you know that every day on the way home from work you're stopping at that through the fast food line or you tend to have a very busy weekend with kids and sports and there's the snack shack on the soccer field or in the basketball um, oh, gymnasium yeah. And you haven't planned ahead, you know, and now you've got chili fries suddenly in your lap. (laughs) Um, You know, you can be, you're aware of some of these moments or situations that are going to be the ones that trip you up. But also I think it's super important to have time, making time to have quiet time with God. Whatever time of day that looks like for you. I used to love to do that in the morning. When I had littles, it wasn't so conducive for me. It was really hard. So then it became in the afternoon, you know, or even before bed. But having that time where you get to just process and examine your heart, like, Lord, where do I feel a gap? Where do I feel like I'm not being fulfilled in my life? And why is why are you not enough? And then asking the Lord, inviting the Holy Spirit to come alongside you and really lean in. Um, in that area of your life so that you're turning to him, not the food. Because a lot of us are hungry, but we're hungry for purpose. We're not um, hungry for food. We've just been opening our mouths and trying to feed our hearts through our stomach. And you can't do that. You can't satisfy your heart with your stomach. Yeah. So just taking the time to even be open to Lord, show me my triggers. Where where do I need to change? What is the emotional piece in me that I'm not processing? Where is the grief that I'm not allowing myself to feel? What, what are the patterns that I have that I might not even be aware of? And that's a, that is a prayer. I think God longs to answer. He's faithful to pinpoint those things for us and to help us through.
0: Yeah. And I love the way you're talking about this, Amber, because I feel like, may- like if there's somebody listening who's maybe like, may- you know, maybe their their prayers are like quick or, you know, or maybe they're not uh, praying. You know, like yeah. I think some people think some things are too trivial for God, right? Yes. And so, you know, like I, I just when you even said like you're standing in front of the fridge and you're like God's not in there, you know, and I'm just like there is, you know, I I'm reminded of like you have not because you ask not, right? right. And like. Yes. God, there is nothing too trivial. And, you know, and the truth is our physical health feeds into our mental health and our spiritual health feeds back into that. And it's so connected and you cannot show up and be the best version of yourself and bring your talents and gifts without putting those pieces together. And like, I feel like you're really encouraging people that it might sound trivial or it might sound like, Oh God, it's just like, you know, help me, you know, resist this temptation. And I think you're reminding us that it's so powerful and it's so important. It is.
1: And Susanna, here's the thing. I really hope people hear me when I say this right now in the United States alone, more than 70% of Americans are overweight or obese. It's
0: wild. The major
1: It is. And the majority of those folks are suffering from preventable, chronic disease as a result of nutrition. Ugh. So, we we this is not a trivial issue. I I want people to know if you're feeling so hopeless about this and stuck and frustrated, can I tell you we've been unwitting victims often, like it's not our sure. fault. The the food industry, the culture around us is supportive of disease. And obesity. It is not supportive of your desire to steward your body well and to be healthy. Nope. Even our community events at our church are laden with donuts and Christmas cookie exchanges and this and that and the other. We are not thinking culturally or within the church with a healthy lifestyle mindset. And that is a serious topic. And so, of course, God wants us to come to him with this, because if we're not aware and our temples are not strong and ready, how are we going to be kingdom um, shakers at age 50 and 60 and 70 and 80? I am. I don't want to be. In the nursing home as a great grandma. I want to be on the cruise ship with my family. Heck yeah. Pointing my, yeah. Pointing my great grandkids to Jesus. That's right. I don't want to just be in the nursing. I want to be active and able and useful. And so if we think for one second that the enemy yeah. is not aware or walking beside us at the grocery store, tempting us, we are, we, we've got another thing coming. That's so right. Take everything to God in prayer. Certainly, take your health journey to Absolutely. God in prayer. and trust that He's going to help you fight that battle.
0: Yes, ah, oh, Amber, I feel like you're taking me to church right now. I'm loving <laughs> this. This is so good. It's just such a reminder. Sometimes, and and this is why, like, I love this. I, lo- I love the opportunity to have this podcast because I sometimes think as moms we feel like what we do, like, it never gets noticed and it never gets appreciated and it never like goes outside the four walls. And like, what you just said, I think can just speak to a lot of mama hearts, because like you, we are doing the work, right? Yes. I love what you said, the kingdom shakers, because um, it's it's us, you know, we got to show up for it.
1: Yeah. And Susanna, the thing, moms are so precious to me, and and dads as well, parents, because we tend to be so sacrificial, don't yes. we? It's yes, our we nurturing do. spirit. And so we're selfless. But can I tell you, being selfless is not the same as being self punishing, right? it's not the same and we were so quick to say yes we'll sign you up for um this uh, you know, new piano lessons that you need to take, but we won't spend money on organic food that's going to yeah. serve our bodies well. You know, we, we will take the time to drive kids all over to practice, but we won't take the time to allow ourselves a walk twice a week just to de-stress and allow us to allow ourselves to process our emotions in a healthy way. You know, your needs matter just as much as your child's do because you yeah. are a child of God. That's like, right. We're his children and we matter. And so we need to start prioritizing ourselves a little bit more in this area.
0: A hundred percent. And this leads me into my next question. So how can we stay consistent? So let's say we identify some of our food triggers. We're kind of like going down the right path. How do we keep it going?
1: Great question. Your motivation and your why, okay, why you want to get healthy, having that clarity from the start is going to motivate you. So for me, part of my why was my four boys, Oliver, Quinn, Oakley, and Quade. those little guys. I wanted to be healthy for them. Yeah. I also, again, did not want to spend money on the bigger jeans. Um, <laughs> part of my why was I wanted to feel better about how I looked in the mirror. That's not everything, but it was something. Sure. I also knew that the autoimmune disease that I was battling for years was only going to continue to be inflamed if I didn't make some changes. So those were three strong whys for me. And so having your why front and center is going to help you stay consistent because when your why is strong, it's going to overcome the other desires when you're really focused on that. However, motivation doesn't always last. Now, I'm not super motivated to brush my teeth right? I just do it because it's a simple habit. I do it every day and it's simple to do. And there's a cue, you know, I've got my toothbrush there by the sink and I, I know that I need to do that every day. In the same way, when you, again, take one trigger at a time, one habit at a time and really install it, give yourself, you know, 90 days, Things else that you want to try to master, giving right. yourself grace. And here's the biggest thing. One meal, one error, one choice to eat off plan or whatever is not going to erase your healthy lifestyle we've got to ditch the all-or-nothing diet mentality if we say oh well i had you know cheesecake at the birthday party so forget it i'll just continue to eat whatever i want for the next 10 years it doesn't even make sense if we listen to that kind of talk and yet we do that we quit on ourselves and so whatever progress you're trying to make please don't have an all-or-nothing mentality you know when you see a little toddler learning to walk they don't trip and fall a few times and decide to never walk again. That would be ridiculous. They're why? They're <laughs> desire right. to wanna Yeah, they wanna run. They wanna play. They wanna live life to the fullest. They're not gonna let some trips, even if it takes a year or two to stabilize, stop yes. them. And why are we so quick to quit on ourselves and our health journey when we are faced with obstacles in this culture that is not conducive to supporting us anyway. Yeah. And to sabotage the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years of yes. living life to the fullest is God designed. Let's not do that anymore. Let's give yes. ourselves grace, have some grace and some compassion for ourselves.
0: Good, good. Can I? So... I want to ask you about two of your specific chapters and one's one of the external triggers and one's one of the internal triggers, if that's okay with you and kind of give my audience, you know, a little sense of like some of the things that you talk about in the book. So in the first part, you talk about sabotage. And I think that's really interesting because I feel like it's, um, oh, maybe like, I don't want to say undervalued, but like under-recognized. That's what I want to right. say. And yeah. so can you talk a little bit about when, when self-sabotage or sabotage from somebody else? Like I've been thinking about recently, like if you make changes, like my husband and I were talking about this. If if we make changes and other people notice those changes, and they don't like these changes. Um it sometimes it doesn't go over very well, but you know, they're like important changes to us and, but people notice and they, it's almost like, I don't know if it's like comparison or just mm-hmm. like, it's different and people don't know what to do. Cause you're like a, doing something different. So like, talk to us a little bit about that. I think that's a really interesting one.
1: Yes. You know, sometimes the choices that we make are going to comfort and inspire others. And sometimes they're going to convict others they're not going to comfort people they're going to convict them and they don't always like to see that reflection of themselves when they look at you and see you making progress in your health journey Yep, and they may not even realize it again this isn't even even now that's an opportunity for you to grow in compassion and empathy yes. towards those who are not supportive of you yes so when when we change just like you said Susanna it it destabilizes people's worlds right they're used to a certain comfort level with you yep. and now you're throwing a kink in that works and they're not so sure they're okay with that and so sometimes it's just the discomfort of things changing you know your, yeah your buddies are pizza eating beer drinking buddies who watch football on you know friday night or on sunday and now you're making changes to live a healthier lifestyle and you're not participating. Yeah. And now they feel a little uncomfortable. Like why aren't you doing that? You know, and it ref- it's a reflection on them. And I I always just say, you know what? Just be confident in your choices. Don't worry about what other people think of you. You what you're required to do is what's right for you. And to just again have compassion for them, empathy. Don't make a big deal about it. We don't make a big deal about it. Other people aren't gonna make a big (laughs) deal about it, typically speaking. Yeah. But it's also an opportunity. Listen, if we've got this astronomical statistic going on in our culture right now, people that are suffering we get to be an example to others like take it as an opportunity to be an example it will be up to the uh, other people whether they're going to embrace that or not but we get to be an influence on them instead of them being a negative influence on us and if they're not receptive to that it's time to find a community of people that will be supportive of your health journey and the choices that you're making you know find an ally have an honest conversation with your in-laws that when you come over every friday night for a family um you know meal time with the in-laws that you'd like to contribute more because you're on a health journey they you may win some allies and some advocates for yourself on your health journey and you may have a positive impact on others but don't be surprised if people don't celebrate you know that it's it's worth it enough to have an audience of one in yes. the lord that is proud of you and sustaining you and helping you. That's what matters most. And then even in ourselves, sometimes, again, this goes to what we just spoke about. We make one mistake and we feel like we want to quit. That's a yeah. self-sabotaging mindset. Yep. You know, so we have to really think carefully, what am I doing and thinking that's not setting myself up for success am I not willing to have the conversation with my husband and say, look, I can't have cashews in the pantry. I know they're your favorite nut, they're my favorite <laughs> nut, but I'm not, I can't have just, you know, 10 or 12. It's, it's a trigger food for me. So yes. can we please not have these in the pantry for the next few months till I get a handle on this, you know, and, and advocating for yourself in that way too. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so, you know, the, it, it is true that if, You know, we think about, well, it's his favorite. I'll just keep it in the pantry. You know, we're, we're sabotaging ourselves in the process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great, great advice. Great examples. And I love, um, the idea of using compassion rather than comparison, you know, when other people are maybe not as psyched about your changes as you are, that's such a great way to think about it. And, you know, and back to mind the, the mindset again, which kind of brings me to the other chapter I wanted to ask you about, which was, um when self-talk overwhelms you. And so we know our thoughts are so powerful, but I think when we're on a health journey, we're like, that's separate. These are separate. I'm going to do this and this is over here, but it's so powerful. So like, like what advice would you give to Mm -hmm. somebody who's like the self-talk is really relentless and they're just like really, Just like feeling overwhelmed with the process, maybe, or just like feeling like they can't rise to the occasion.
1: Yes. So negative self-talk is something I've been guilty of a a lot (laughs) throughout my lifetime. And a lot of us struggle with that because, again, Satan uses that chatter in our heads to try to discourage and defeat us. His goal was to come to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Yeah and he does that in our mindset so often but jesus came to give life and life to the fullest so when you we need to get into the habit And maybe this is the one thing we focus on if this is our biggest trigger, is the negative self-talk is we get into the habit of first of all acknowledging and recognizing whatever message we're telling ourselves and then to ask yourself this question does that sound more like an enemy or a friend
0: hmm.
1: if it sounds like an enemy like If you're saying stuff to yourself that no friend would say to you or that you wouldn't say to a friend, you
0: would never say to a friend. Yep.
1: Yeah. Take it captive and toss it. But if it sounds like a like a friend, someone who would actually encourage you and be sensitive to you and empathetic to you and try to build you up instead of tear you down, then you pay attention to that voice. And so asking ourselves just that simple question, does that sound like an enemy or a friend? Hmm. that's going to go a long way in helping us just begin to taking our thoughts captive. And then also just to recognize what does God tell us to do all throughout scripture? He, he advocates kindness. Yep. He says, we're to be kind. It's one of the fruit of the spirit. And so we have to also ask ourselves, am I, is that just applicable to everybody around me or does that apply to me? Yeah, Am I being exactly. kind to myself or am I not? And so again, checking to see are the things we're saying, the things we're doing, are they acts of kindness towards ourselves? Because if they're not, then we have some work to do to be kinder to ourselves.
0: Yeah, I think you're right because there there are most definitely, I mean, I'm guilty. There's things I say to myself, I would never even utter out loud to myself, you know what I mean? And I would certainly never say to another human or a friend. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's just like a quick way to, you know, is this the enemy talking or is this a friend talking? And that's such an easy way to kind of filter it out. Yes. So, you know, kind of one of the last things I want to ask you about this journey that you're on and this message you have, Amber, that I I so love is how do you bring your family along? You know, are your boys, is this something that's just like part of their life or they're like, oh, mom's on her kick again, you know, tell me how you get them to be part of this.
1: Well, you know, as a result of this journey i've been on i became an independent certified health coach so i work with thousands of people so they know this is part of what i do now this is kind of it's in my blood
0: okay and
1: i did i really just wanted to lose weight when i started this program to get back into those genes and maybe to help with some of these other issues what i wasn't prepared for is how much god was going to transform me inside Mm -hmm. and out through this process and so i i In the same way that I knew a lot of these changes were healthy for me, I knew they were also healthy for my kids. And so little by little, I began to switch things up in the way I cooked for them, in the way that I shopped for them, in the way that I spoke to them. I don't talk about the scale. I really talk about health and wellness, that this is really, um, you know, not that the scale doesn't matter, because it can be indicative of, of whether or not we're not we're in a healthy weight range. That's going right. to either you know foster disease or um, a healthy lifestyle. But we really approach the conversation holistically in our house. You know that these are things that we do to be healthy, mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. Um, the different practices that we do, whether it's spending time in God's word and praying together as a family, that's a healthy lifestyle for us spiritually. When we eat more vegetables and less processed foods that's healthy for our bodies so we can do the work that god has for us so it just it's incorporated into a lot of the language that we use throughout the day but my kids i will tell you i can't keep enough chicken caesar salads in the house Like they I love they it. They love it. That's their go-to snack or their go-to lunch. Um, they know, you know, we eat whole grains. They they choose, you know, very uh, low sugar, um, organic foods, you know, yogurts and, you it's know, amazing. low fat string cheese. They snack on um, peppers and carrot sticks. You know, yes. they, they, there's just a, a, a different way. And it does take a little more prep on mom's part, it you does. know. But I'm committed to that because of the difference. And if we if we look at the statistics on the the way that our country is going in children ages five to 10 and in teenagers, it's really alarming. And I'm so sure. I, I just wanted to say, though, this will give people hope. In some ways, I have become intentional, but for a long time, I wasn't. I was just living it out. Yeah. I was just living it out for myself. And my kids paid attention, yep. They paid attention. And they started to say, Mom, is this a healthy snack? You know, and I would say, yes, that is or not. When I give them a bag of something, they don't open it. They say, do you have my bowl? Because they know that we don't just reach inside a bag and eat. We pay attention to serving sizes. So they, they wait for that bowl because they know that that's what they need to put a serving size in a bowl. So these are things, again, I wasn't necessarily intentional on, but we model things that's for right. Kids.
0: And we're and modeling they are all the time. They're watching. Yeah. From sun up to sundown, whether we want them to that's or it. not. <laughs>
1: that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, you can have hope that if it feels overwhelming yes. as a parent, you know, the, the habits that your kids are um, currently um, entrenched in, that just by us making some small changes, we begin to have a positive impact on our kids. Whether it's drinking eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day and having a conversation. I know you really want the apple juice. Yeah. I know you really want the soda, but this is not what we're doing anymore. We're gonna have this, you know. Here, try this lovely sparkling water. It's yes. so yummy. Look at how fun this is with a little <laughs> twist of lemon in your. There
0: cup. you go. There you, you know, go.
1: Yeah, we can make it fun and interesting for them, and give both yourself and your kids time for their palate to change. You know, a lot of us don't realize that our tongue is used to processed foods and sugars and salt, and so are our kids. And yes. so, n- being consistent and not giving up when we're trying to give them healthier options is key. If all we're giving them is the healthier options, they're going to learn to eat them and enjoy them. But my kids do really crave healthy food now. And that is a huge blessing for me as a mom.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I feel like that, that leaves the rest of us with a lot of hope, right? Because it's not going to happen overnight, especially with, you know, the little guys or people who, you know, kids who have been eating one way for so long. Yeah. But, you know, I think your point about the, the palates changing is so interesting. Cause I think, you know, we, sometimes we like, we blame ourselves and we're like, no, 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 it's coming. It's coming. Hold on to hope. Stay consistent. Right. Don't give up. Amber, this is, I I just, I love this message. I love this, this book. I'm so excited for it to come out. And I think you're offering a lot of hope to people who are embarking on a health journey or restarting a health journey, or like maybe most importantly, people who haven't started, who like are feeling overwhelmed and now you're, you're kind of giving them some steps. So thank you for being here today. I have um, two questions I ask every guest at the end. And the first one is, what is your favorite family activity? What is something that you guys are really into right now?
1: We are outdoorsy people. okay. So for us, it's going to the beach always. We love to go to the beach, but when what, that's weather permitting. So our yes. other favorite activity is we play Skippo. It's a card game if you've ever yes. heard of it. Yeah. And it's pretty simple, but it's a lot of fun. And a lot of it is just chance. So for <laughs> the, the competitive people in the house, you know, it, it, it levels the playing field a little bit, like everybody I like it. can win yes. at some point, but we will often just say, we need a brain break. Let's play a game of skip bow. And we enjoy doing that together.
0: That's awesome. We're, we're close. We're getting into the card game. I'm looking forward to that one. Yes. And the last one is how can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about the book and where can they connect with you?
1: So Food Triggers is available anywhere books are sold, and readers, listeners can come to my website, amberlea.com, L-I-A is my last name, and actually on my website is a free like three-minute health discovery um, assessment that they can fill out, and I can give them feedback on where they're at in their health journey, okay, and great. there's lots of resources there and free resources, and then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram um, as Amberlea.
0: Okay. All right. Wonderful. This was such a great conversation. I know you're busy and the book is launching and you have your family and homeschool and all these fun business um, ventures. And so I really appreciate you making time to be with me today.
1: My pleasure, Susanna. Thank you so much.
0: You got it. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to share with us on Instagram what you liked most about the episode by tagging me at Susanna.McMonigle. And lastly, if you want more information about the 5 to 8 Shift, you can check out our website, the5to8shift.com. We'll see you guys next time.